Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Wolverine.com podcast video edition. We are here with Tom Crawford talking Michigan football and basketball. Tom, our guy out in East Lansing and uh, Michigan through and through. Tom, welcome back to the podcast. It's great to be back. It's great to be a, a Michigan Wolverine or whatever you know, regard anybody is. If they're a fan, or they're alumni, a former player, it's just great to be maize and blue. I'm super excited about... Uh, the coming football season in the fall, and uh, I'm I'm still excited about basketball. So how how's that for being positive? That is very positive. We're going to talk about both, and we're going to start out with football because you have uh, you had not only the national championship game this week, but you have Michigan fans. You talk about being on pins and needles. Uh, Michigan fans are exactly that until they hear officially, okay, Jim Harbaugh is going to be back and uh, is going to lead this team to what they would hope would be another Big Ten championship. All that in a minute, but I want to talk first about this national championship game because, you know, it kind of went the way some of us said it might after seeing how well Georgia played against Michigan. I think that um, it it almost is a a little bit of a a salve for uh, Michigan fans that, felt wounded after that uh, semifinal game. Georgia's just pretty darn good. Yeah, Georgia's really good, and and so is Alabama. You know, I'm watching this game, and and I hate to get caught up in the the SEC fantasy and feeding that beast, but uh, the speed at linebacker is uncanny. Uh, in, in both of those programs, and and, and you know they they're lineback- I mean, it's just it, their line their DNs are, are are like running backs. I mean, running backs are getting chased down by linebackers. It's just, it truly is amazing. And I think that that was that's a glaring disparity of where Michigan and even Ohio State, Michigan State, you got to get to that level. You have to have elite speed on defense in order to to take it up a notch to compete with Georgia. And obviously Alabama, and this was not a vintage Alabama team, and yet they were in the title game. So that stood out me to me more than anything, JB. You know, to me, that's two semi-pro teams playing. It, it just, oh yeah, because they are so good, and they are able to procure players. I mean, ESPN pointed out the differences in the rosters, the differences in the five stars and the high four stars, and all of that. And uh, it, that takes me to another headline. And that is the fact that, uh, you know, we got Texas A&M putting together the number one recruiting class by uh, having their uh, their boosters pony up the $30 million. Now, 
Texas A&M didn't engineer this. This is outside the program, but they're setting up, okay, well, if you come here, here's, uh, here's what the NIL uh, template would look like. And so, you know, it's, it, it's not directly purchasing players, but it is setting up to let these kids know, you know, what's going to be there if they decide to come to Texas A&M. I don't see that happening at Michigan. I don't see it being allowed to happen at Michigan, but I know that there needs to be an organized effort in NIL to uh, to bring Michigan in position to compete with at least some of these uh, other top schools. Yeah, it truly is out of control. I think Nick Saban and Kirby Smart addressed it uh, down in Indy, at, you know, as a presser uh, about the. It, it needs some type of structure to it. It, is, it truly is going to be the wild, wild west. And Texas A&M, you know, I, I covered Texas A&M a few games up at Kyle Field back in the 80s. And I know what the old Southwest Conference was, which was legal. I mean, which was just cheating, flat out cheating. You think the SEC was bad. The Southwest Conference was crazy. Hello, SMU and all those other schools back there. I saw it firsthand. I saw players down there getting money uh, in, in Southeast Texas. So, um, they're going to have to have some kind of regulation on this it's because it is literally legalized cheating, and AM is just totally abusing it. And, but uh, Michigan's going to have to be uh, at least more open-minded to it, to a more expansive NIL program. Yes, structure it, but you're going to have to bring it, or otherwise you're, going, you're not going to even ever going to get back to the CFP because it's just going to be going to the highest bidder uh, when you get the high-level players. And we saw what five-stars do. We saw what 17 five-stars do for Georgia, 11 five-stars do for Alabama. Michigan has two five-stars. Right. And the, the and the programs that were p- paying players anyway, uh, right. th- they can just very seamlessly move that over. Okay, now it's uh, it's above board. It's, oh, it's yeah. on the table. Absolutely. And, and programs like Michigan – have a ways to catch up and they have to learn how to um, put together, as you said, an above board uh, program that, that shows that uh, that NIL money can be available to, uh, to the, the best and, and, uh, and really across the roster people who are coming in. So, you know, it's, I, I, there's, there's more there that needs to be formulated on Michigan's end. I know that uh, there are a lot of uh, boosters, uh, well-heeled individuals there that are ready. Uh, now it's just, okay, how can we organize? What can we do? What what What's going to fly here? Well, it goes so much well beyond. I'm talking about back in the 80s when, you know, cheating was just traditional uh, seniors in, co- in high school getting to come to your college. Now you have a transfer portal and you're getting the transfer portal is, you know, you're using the NIL, the wink, wink, all this money. You can come if you come to our school, you can get this. We have a huge dealership, a statewide dealership, and you can be a spokesperson and you're going to get such and such money. All of a sudden they're going to. They'll leave their mid-major or whatever or whatever school it could be a power five to go to a better deal. I tell you what, college football at the FBS level, that's the top 130 schools, your, your personnel people are going to be your, some of your most important people on the staff. I mean, you have student assistants that are looking at the portal. I mean, you have whole rooms full of student assistants looking at the, just checking out the portal. Who's going there? Who's jumping on here? 
It's going to be crazy, John. And I don't know how you can project who's going to be who's going to win a conference uh, because it, it, it's a blank canvas literally every year going into the following year. We're seeing that oh, seven, seven in the transfer portal from Alabama. And now Michigan might be going after some Alabama. Who knows what it's going to be? It's going to be crazy going forward. I agree. And you that brings us to the whole topic of uh, one James Joseph Harbaugh. You uh, you look at his situation. We haven't heard of a, the contract extension yet. We've heard many rumors about uh, uh, interest from the Las Vegas Raiders and uh, how they might be willing to throw $12 million a year at him. But we're also hearing that Jim Harbaugh is uh, working in Schembechler Hall as if he's going to be here, working on spring practice, working on recruiting. Uh, we've heard that he's told some uh, Michigan players, Michigan families, it's status quo, it's steady as she goes. We're just going to work uh, on this and keep moving forward. I would say this, it would take one heck of an offer, I believe, to uh, to pry Jim Harbaugh out of Ann Arbor at this point. But if he stays, and we think he will, and if this is his last contract, and we think that well could be, he wants to be as well-armed as he can possibly be in order to move this program forward and rack up more Big Ten championships and see the college football playoff more times, maybe even better equipped to take it on. You know, I, I truly believe, John, I agree with you. I think John, I think Jim Harbaugh truly wants Big Ten championships in multiple forms. And he, I think he wants a national championship. I think he got a little taste of it. How, you know, it was, you know, a couple notches away. But, you know, it's funny. Last year at this time, you know, eh, if he goes, he goes. You know, this year, admittedly, I want him to stay because I love this staff. This current coaching staff is good, man. It's it's prime filet, in my opinion. And I, and I want the continuity that uh that that brings and you know talking to players about how much they love their position coach uh how much your own more is is loved and all that and, and i just i just hope that stays intact if he does leave i hope a josh gaddis or mike carver somebody like on the staff gets the nod but my point but but the biggest takeaway i've had in the last on reflection is the last few days and i hope other michigan fans can match what my my approach on this is is this it's like Bo said, no, no, no coach is more important than the team. No player is more important than the team. Okay. And this program is that's the core with me. This goes back to the 60s with Mel Anthony and, and Bob Timberlake and, and Jim Detweiler and going up to Barry Pearson and, and Billy Taylor, touchdown Billy Taylor, and on in the 70s when I was in school. The program, it's Michigan, it's the block M, it's it's the winged helmet. That's more important than what Harbaugh does or what any player does. And that's where it sits with me. And I know this program is not going anywhere. Yeah, it might not have the NIL endorsement from the University of Michigan, Michigan administration, but it is going to be competitive. I think we've turned the corner, and I love this coaching staff, though I do love this coaching staff, and I hope Jim Harbaugh stays along with that coaching staff. Well, and that's a big part of it, the continuity. I mean, you make a great point. Jim Harbaugh, it would be great to have Jim Harbaugh stay, but uh, one of the best things about him staying would be the retention and continuity of this staff, which I think we agree is the best that Jim Harbaugh has put out there this year. You'd love to see uh, Mike McDonald with several years of 
putting together Michigan defenses after he got his feet wet and uh, and did very very well. Uh, not that it was perfect. Not that he hasn't doesn't have things to learn. Uh, especially, you know, with regard to, to tempo offenses and different things like that. But I'm telling you, this, uh, this has the potential for great success. We've talked about Mike Hart and uh, Steve Klinkscale and, and uh, these other guys to, to keep this staff intact. And you've already, you've lost your defensive line coach to, uh, to USC. And, you know, you're going to have one or two of those every year. Yeah. But keep the the heart of this staff together the way these players felt about them the way they learned together how to win in the big 10 uh it i I think is very very valuable going forward in 2022 yeah no i i i agree with you on that and and you know there's big recruiting weekends coming up that starts this week i mean the the dead period is done Harbaugh to, uh, supposedly is going to hit the road. These next few weekends are big junior days for a lot of schools. A lot of competition. You got the portal going on. You got a lot going on. You got to lock into what you're going to do as a university. You know, Jim Harbaugh really is under he's under contract to 2025. In reality, he shouldn't really have to say anything. He's under contract. He could play that card. You know, I mean, yes. it's like but we're expecting him since he's always buzzed on the NFL Network and everybody else. Talking about oh he's gonna he's he's on the list he's talking with this and talking about that that he he feel everybody feels like he should voice something he really doesn't have to and you know what I mean I I love what he did last year John you know he you know he 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 agreed with that you know more of incentive driven uh, contract and and he gave them when he earned the money back he gave it back to the universe you know to the families I mean Jim Harbaugh's thumbs up for me right now and I was not bullish on Jim Harbaugh a year ago. But I'm just going to be – everything changes. I think he changed and the programs changed for the better. Uh, No doubt about it. The one thing that that saying something at this point does is it just shuts up all all that talk. And it assures everybody that he's out recruiting. I'm sure he'll he'll, uh, assure people behind the scenes. But it just – I mean, it just closes Uh, it down. And then you can move forward. Um, So it it would be good to hear that sooner rather than later. But – he is you're you make a great point he's under contract he's going about it behind the scenes uh as if nothing has changed and you know he's he's the coach here and he is so we'll see how that goes we'll keep a a really close eye on it um of course now we are talking also basketball (laughs) i know you know you were fired up about football and you're fired up in a different way this past weekend about basketball because of the uh the inevitable uh rivalry comments from uh, emanating from our friends at michigan state about oh yeah you canceled the game you're ducking us that sort of thing tell me your uh your deep feelings about uh the spartans and that uh, that sort of talk well, they piss me off. I mean, as they often do. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, it's a bad, bad rivalry, and it's going to get worse. It's going to get heated in football and basketball. It's probably it's good for business, though. It really is for the Wolverine.com and all the other platforms. But yeah, well, you know, so Saturday morning, I, I did an airport run real early in the morning. I come back at six thirty in the morning, and I my phone's filling up with all these, you know, you know, with, uh, pictures of ducks, you know. Uh, you know, all this, all this, uh, you know, dog in Michigan for duck in Michigan State. You know, my God, they had 14 scholarship kids. 
Okay. Nine of them tested positive. So what's the sub- subjectivity of dodging this? You know, I, I don't understand. So Michigan State, and this was their own, they went down there and they, they, they got in a hotel room and they worked out at Chrysler. That's their own choice. I mean, I don't know if they always do that, but my, I, I just don't understand this ducking thing. Yeah. they, they and See, you got to understand something, John. Michigan State is obsessed with Michigan. They they are totally, and I'm a, it's all around me, man. I'm a mile from campus. I'm a mile from Spartan State. Okay, I got faculty all around my house. There, that's just the way I. That's how I live my life. It's not necessarily fun, but I'm telling you what. There, when Ohio State did, well, Michigan did not play Ohio State in football. Michigan State was more upset last year. Michigan State was more upset with that than Ohio State was because they wanted to see Michigan bat. You know, so they felt they were upset about that. Then this hockey thing, they're upset about, even though Michigan has, what, seven players that don't even, that go up and that, you know, under, you know, that uh, world event, whatever, you know, I, I, I don't even know what, what they go in that international event where they play hockey. We lose, Michigan loses seven players, always around the GLI. So they didn't play, big deal. I mean, I mean, and then, then the basketball thing, they, 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 they lumped that into that. And then, you know, think about hockey last year, Michigan didn't, you know, they had some COVID outbreak in hockey. They pulled out of the NCAA tournament. How's that? And how can they say you're dodging somebody? You're pulling yourself out of the tournament for God's sakes. So Michigan State people, they are who they are. That's who they are. They hate Michigan. They hate you. Hey, Michigan fans, Michigan State hates you. Every freaking one of them deep down. And I wish Michigan would take Michigan State as serious and and, and as snarky in the other direction. Because they freaking hate you, and that'll never change. I live it every flipping day. I know you do, and uh, Michigan. It seems like under this present football staff has got to get to the point where you know what's coming, and you have to prepare at an even higher level for it. I mean, Bo Schembechler's staff took it to heart after that very first year. Well, this this crew has had multiple insults uh, on the field from, uh, from Michigan state and multiple heartbreaks and multiple, uh, you know, I I don't put it all on the, uh, some of the officiating up there, but that you, you're dishonest if you don't admit that that was a part of it uh, this, this past season. But anyway, uh, that's a side point. We know uh, Michigan, Michigan State rivalry. You lost that game. You lost the Purdue game. Not lost as in uh, didn't score as many points, but uh, those have been postponed for now. Uh, Illinois at Illinois Friday night. We don't know what's going to happen there, but it is, like you said, it's an objective uh, standard. You've got to have yeah. seven guys, uh, players, and one coach ready to go or else you can't go. And uh, Michigan did not. So now the question is, once they get back, once they are able to to play together, are they going to be able to find ways to play together better than they have to this point? Because, you know, sure, they fought at Rutgers, but uh, this is not a team that uh, is together right now in terms of how it looks on the court. No, the Rutgers loss was really disappointing. Um, and, you know, it's the Central Florida game when they had multiple days to prepare for that game and they came out, you know, they had the 12-point lead and then they quit defending people. Yeah, how you know, finding people in transition is 
not just in the fast break, semi break, or just in a you know a not pace uh, half court set by a, by a team. Uh, and Michigan State will push the hell out of you. You better be prepared for that on the 29th, along with a lot of abuse from Michigan State fans up here. That's neither here nor there. My point is this: Michigan's got to get their act together. They got to find some leadership on this team. I know Juwan talked about, you know that that Eli Brooks is is a leader on the team, and 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 that uh, Hunter is starting to be a leader. Starting to be a leader starting is mystifies me. He's the best player on the team, and he's starting to be a leader. That guy has got to step up like right now, right? He looks disengaged a lot of the time. The optics of the North Carolina game was terrible, and then and then I think I'm trying to think of which game it was. Nate was Central Florida when when he only he had he took one shot in the last 12 minutes. I mean, this is crazy. It's got Hunter Dickinson's got a. This has got to be fixed real quick or they're not going to make the tournament. And I'm watching, you know, I'm watching Penn State last night beat Rutgers. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, yeah, you start to think, who, who, who's Michigan going to beat on the road in particular? So uh, they better, you know, they got to get the right together. I hope they compete against Illinois. I don't think they're going to beat Illinois, but they better compete against them or else this is going to be a horrendous season. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, winning is contagious and so is the other end of it we saw the winning end of it last year that team went on the court and expected to win and i remember early this season uh we asked hunter dickinson predictions for this year and he said undefeated and everybody laughed and he said you know that's what that's how i feel i don't want I, i don't ever go into a game expecting to lose i wonder if if that holds true for every guy on the roster right now because I'm telling you, you can see the frustration and you can see um, the the lack of confidence. They need to get guys back um, They and they need to have some players that were looked on as guys that could really step forward to do so this year. You saw flashes of, of it uh, last year in the NCAA tournament, but I'll tell you what, they're, they're some have taken a step back that you expected more out of this season. I still believe in Juwan Howard. I, I really, I, you know, I'll, I, I'm going to say that vehemently. I, uh, he's going to remedy it. I don't know if it's going to be soon enough, or I don't know what other issues are going on with this team. In fact, they just don't have any perimeter shooting. But those, some of those 50-50 balls in the Rutgers game, I mean, the ball's hitting the, hitting the floor before it's being retrieved. Everybody's like frozen you know, have frozen feet. The line. Adrian Nunez is like, you know, just doty do at the line, not even boxing out. Adrian Nunez had an opportunity to to contribute. The COVID left the door open for him to make an impact. He didn't take advantage of it. A veteran player. That bothered me in the Rutgers game. That tells me something has got to get remedied in terms of the chemistry and the drive on that team, that leadership on that team. That said it more than anything. Let me ask you this. Caleb Houston, a uh, super shooter uh, in the prep ranks, is he at some point going to uh, settle in and start hitting a a higher percentage than 31% at at this point? Because uh, that's where he's at. Boy, that one's a, that's a head scratcher, you know, and I was, I saw the clips from last year and uh, from, you know, his high school days and he had the, you know, the, the McDonald's all American and the five-star and all that stuff. And, you know, so I just, I just accepted the fact that the guy was going to be a flat out shooter and, uh, but it's not happened. His, his, his shot doesn't, doesn't look right. Um, 
Musa Diabate uh, has a terrible looking shot. It does go in sometimes, but I mean, he's got you know he goes for literally every head fake, going for the SWAT, and his defensive skills are are, are bad. They're going to get better. Uh, maybe you know Caleb's a two year guy. I don't know, but um, it boy, it's got they they, they those two got to step up uh, if this team's going to go anywhere because they're too vital. There's too much requirement of their talent. Uh, for this team to be successful, John. And if they begin to perform at a higher level, it changes the game. If Caleb Houston's hitting a higher percentage of yes. threes, it opens things up for Eli Brooks in the corner, for uh, for Hunter Dickinson down low. If the Abate is raising his game defensively, if all of the rookies and uh, and some of the younger players begin to play better defense – that changes things. If they learn to finish in the second half, there's just, there's a pretty big list for Juwan Howard and that crew right now, but you know, you've got to a month from now, let's see where they are. And, uh, and we're, you know, we'll talk about them every week, but uh, it, it, there's so many ways that this team can improve. Well, the problem is you're going to, you know, you're going to try to get these makeup games and, and you got two daunting makeup games, you know, with, with Michigan state and Purdue, two of the best teams in the big 10, um, and you're gonna have to squeeze those in. Now they're only down. They've only been out two games. I don't know as we're as we're taping this here on Wednesday morning. I don't know what the status is for the Illinois game. If anything changes on that, um, but uh, they got to get that. I hope the heck they get that game in, so they're not way behind the eight ball there and having to make up a lot of games. I remember what Nebraska tried to cram all those games in, and, and their tongues were hanging out. They weren't a very good team, but I mean. You, you can only play so many games in a week without it having a negative impact on your performance. He's Tom Crawford. He's fired up today and every day <laughs> Always. in athletics. And, uh, Tom, great having you with us. We're going to do this again throughout the winter on a weekly basis. Uh, like I said, appreciate you being with us. Hey, well, hey, we always talk about women's gymnastics, you know, defending national champions. If you want to go that route, John, I'm, I'm all up for it. <laughs> well, well, as we get closer to the spring and uh, to that time, I'll tell you what, there are people fired up about that, and uh, they've got a loaded roster coming back. So there's never a lack of uh, things to talk about on this podcast. Tom Crawford, as always, appreciate it. Always a pleasure, John. Look forward to next time.